Welcome to the stories of the 2016 Boscovs Berks Jazz Fest. My name is Joe Painter. Very happy to bring you these stories on the People Chronicles. Make sure you follow them all, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Gary Spencer is with us. Hi, Gary. Hello, Joe. How are you? We go way back, don't we? We do. We do. <laughs> Banshell concerts. Banshell concerts. And, you know, Gary was famous for getting the cane out and just yanking me off the stage because I talk too much. And you are a production manager and you run it tight and you know what the audience wants. So that cane was really important. It's important to be succinct on the stage and get off and let the music play, right? Yes. Uh, a lesson yeah. I learned from you. Well, yeah, it, it, it's about the music. It's it is. It's it about is. The music, so. so you started, did you start at Banshell? I started with the Berks Arts Council at Banshell, yes. Uh, that was 1994. Wow. 1994. And um, you were volunteering at that point? Yes. I had been a patron at the 92 and 93 Jazz Festival and decided that year, after the Jazz Festival of 93, that I would uh, be a volunteer for the Berks Arts Council. They said they needed volunteers. So I went up knocked on the door and... I said, I'm here to volunteer, and that, the rest is history. It's been 22 years now. So. That's a pretty cool thing, and you can still do that because mm -hmm. the Arts Council is always looking for volunteers. Um, for the Jazz Fest, so when you volunteered, is it safe to say it was a three- or four-day event at that point? Yes. It yeah. was uh, a weekend event. It used to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then it became Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But yes. It was just one weekend. And then it went to 10 days. And what strikes me, Gary, is at no point did you say, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, I didn't sign up for all of this. You just kept showing up. And now you're employed by the Arts Council, and you are the production director yeah. of the Boscovs Berks Jazz Fest. Well, what had happened was in 2000, when we started to have our 10-year anniversary, right, right. and John and Ernesto and at that time Katie Conley came up with the concept with Ten years, ten days. Right. So we did it that one time. So it's supposed to be one time now. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's what I hear. It's only supposed to be one time. So I was like, okay, like the concept, let's do it. So uh, we did the ten days, and then the community said, we can't go back. This was great. There's no way we can go back to those just and, one weekend. And you didn't mind that. You didn't say, wait a minute. Well, it was one of those things it's like, okay, uh, you know, we're going to have to really work on building an infrastructure and things like that. So that's when I got hired by the Berks Arts Council as we started doing 10-day festivals from that mm -hmm. point on. I became on staff to help coordinate and uh, move that project forward. And you do that very well. I've been to Jazz Fest over the years. I'm seeing in a variety of venues. And if there's ever an issue, get Gary. Get Spence. Where's Spence? He knows, you know, because you, you do run it like clockwork, and that is imperative so that everybody has a good time. Well, I mean, it, it, it's all based, it, it's a group of people trying mm -hmm. to work together, and everybody wants to have the same goal, to have a successful show. 
So we all have to work together, and there's you know give and take, push and shove. Sure. But um, you know it's all in a timely fashion. Everything has to be detailed because it's the little things. The devil's in the details. Isn't that the truth? So if if you will, take us backstage, and. What does it mean to be production director? What are some of the details that you must attend to that the audience wouldn't even think about? But if you didn't think about it, perhaps the audience wouldn't be enjoying the show. Well, my day starts really early, uh, especially on the weekends. I'm usually up at 5 a.m. I might have oh gotten goodness. I might have gotten in maybe 1:30, 2 o'clock, so I get a couple hours sleep. But you know, I'm checking the facility first thing in the morning. What do you check around. for? Are you doing sound checks? Just, no, I'm just making sure the place is locked up. Nothing, everything's oh. there. Things aren't okay. moved around. You know okay. what I mean? That kind of stuff. Uh, I sit down and, and I start working on the day schedule, not only at one venue, but on, on the weekends, there are maybe four or five venues. Running. And how do you, that's, that is another point, because you can't be in four or five places. So how are you managing all of that? I'm just trying to. Trying to work it progressively through a timeline, you know, uh, usually the Crown Plaza shows. Our call there is usually 7, 7, between 7 and 8 in the morning because our 2 o'clock show is a double bill. It's two shows. So we have to sound check two bands. We have to get all the equipment up there, sound check two bands, take stuff on, take stuff off, get the room ready and all that kind of stuff, get everybody out to lunch, come back, and then have a show. So when you say the equipment, if you have you know, shows back-to-back mm-hmm. and it's two different bands, you're changing everything. Speakers, equipment, pianos. Well, speakers are staying the same, but the stage setup has to change. So okay. um, we try to find synergies between the two. Uh, if we can't, then there's oh. a, we do this thing we call spiking where we take uh, some tape and outline the, where the instruments are at. The, the first band that plays will be the last band that sound checks. And uh, the last band, the headliner or the closing band, will be the first one to sound check. So we have to lay everything out. We may have to put spike it or put tape lines around everything. Then remove it. So you know where to put it in a hurry. Yeah, when we come back the next time, because between shows you may have 20 minutes. That's about it. Oh, my goodness. So well, how many are on a team at any given venue? I would say usually 10 to 12 uh, on each crew. You know, some crews have a little bit more because they have a larger facility. Uh, just say uh, the crew at the jazz base or the, uh, the uh, iJazz Global. Right, iJazz Global yeah, Cafe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> facility, which is 150 seats, but not mm-hmm. have the same amount of crew, which would be at the Scottish Rite. Right, which be, right, right. Which has 1,300 seats. And it has a 50-foot stage. So, How has this whole festival affected you, Gary? What's it done for you what kind of, and, and your life? You know, what? Well, you know, I grew up with music. My mother and my father both very involved in jazz. Mm-hmm. Different types. My mother was a vocal person, and uh, my father was more of a Jimmy Smith instrumental guy. But what has it done for me? It's changed my life. Um, I've always liked shows and going to shows and stuff like that and being involved, getting that instant gratification. You know, mm-hmm. whether you're do- Some people go through life and they work the jobs and they never see this, you know, uh, something to come to a culmination or fruition. 
And with this, you see it. You, you see it. You know, you see it in the people's faces. Mm-hmm. You see it in the performers when they're performing. Mm-hmm. You just see that joy. You see that energy. And when people walk out, and when you hear that buzz while I'm running through there, trying to get back on stage so we can set something else up, uh, it's really nice to hear people just having fun. I never thought about the instant gratification concept because from the time you build it in the morning to show close, there's applause, there's happiness, there's you do see the fruits well, of your yeah, labor. Yes, we're, we're working like crazy, and then at the end, when you hear that round of applause and everybody's happy, performers look at us and go like this, you know, everybody's happy. So you know, let's do it again next year. So growing up listening to this music, did you ever think you? you could be backstage with these artists that you've listened to. No. No, it was never a thought. No. And now they call you by your first name. You guys are friends. You're friends with the artists. There's bonds and relationships that have been built. Good friends. Uh, I had some medical problems last year, and uh, I got calls from a lot of the artists. Uh, Mm -hmm. John let them know I was sick, and uh, calls, cards, and met a lot. In my life. These are people that you work with and you see them, you know, they do, they were around the world and, you know, doing mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And it's nice that they just took time to, to reach out to me and let me know that I was in their thoughts and prayers. And I would think that, that that kind of action speaks to the appreciation they have for the work that you put in backstage. Huh? It's, it's the unsung part, nobody sees what, what goes on, huh? but without all of that effort. The show doesn't go on. So thank you. Thank, thank you very much, thank Gary. You. I just want to give a shout out quick to all my production people because couldn't do it without them. Thank you. It is a team. It's a team effort. Yes, it, is. it is the story of Boscov's Berks Jazz Fest. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Mm-hmm.